0: What we talking about Indianapolis, AFC South Stampede Blue, let's air it out Fly route, let's air it out Topics, loaded like offense cocentric centric talking about it often Stampede Blue, let's air it out Fly route, let's air it out, do it big Welcome back offense. to another Stampede Cold Blue Colts Ladies Golfins. and gentlemen, I'm your host, in Matt in Namely. Thank you guys Dolphins. for coming back to nowadays the, nowadays the jazz show.
1: Uh, tonight, South. as promised, we've got ILC, a great show for you guys. ILC, uh, we are so two blue, days away from the NFL Draft. If you're listening ski, to this Wednesday, it's tomorrow. Day. So lots to, lots to talk about. We wanted to get in our buddy Zach Hicks here and talk about his top 200 big board. Kind of cross-reference a little bit of that with the uh, Stampede Blue Guide that we put out for the draft, uh, Anthony Arena Memorial NFL Draft Guide. Make sure if you guys haven't got that yet, it's $4.99. It's a great reading. You guys will love it. A lot of hard work in there by a lot of really great guys. So uh, just in case you guys haven't gotten a hold of that yet, make sure you do that. Goes to a good cause. Um, Zach, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I, you know, I love jumping on and talking draft with you here. I love having you, man. So we, we, I mean, this show's about you. You know, it's all about you, Diva. So let's talk about this, man. We've got your 200 big board, your top 200 big board here, and we've got a lot to talk about. First and foremost, there is one guy I want to talk to you about because it kind of blows my mind, but at the same time, I see it a lot. He's one of the guys that I really liked out of this edge class, but you've got Burns at the at your number three spot in your top 200.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, just turn on his film and you see a guy who can be a top-tier player, Uh, just in the in the league at his position you know uh, I saw someone put up a metric the other day they were talking about uh, Daniil Hunter's uh, comparison to him coming out and almost measurable wise size wise uh, you know even play style wise they're pretty similar players and I think that can be like who who he can be in the league you know a top five top 10 pass rush in the league you know he's got the bend he's got the athleticism and you watch him through those drills at the combine and he looked like a defensive back Mm -hmm. running through those so just from from all that, you know, just a great film, great bend, great athleticism. He can really rush the passer. And, you know, that's just so important today's NFL, just being able to rush the passer. So a guy like Brian Burns, uh, to me, just has all the potential to be a top tier pass rusher. And, and I, I don't see how he's not like a top five. You know, I could, like, I could live with a top 10 player, but top five player is what I see. And he ended up in my number three overall player. So where did you have Josh Allen then? Josh Allen actually was a mid-first round guy to me, and and that doesn't mean I dislike him. He finished at number fifteen for me. Uh, Josh Allen, I, I think he's a solid player. You know, I think uh, he can fill like an Anthony Barr type role. I, I realize I'm comparing a lot of guys to Vikings here, uh, but you know, he can be <laughs> that kind of uh, Anthony Barr type player. You know, he can be a guy who you can rush off the edge. You can drop into coverage. He was actually excellent in coverage, and I think that's something that people aren't really talking about a lot with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, I, I just didn't see it in terms of you know burst. Uh, bend a uh, complete move set as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see enough as a pass rusher to really warrant a top 5 selection. Not that I'm saying he can't rush the passer and I think uh one big thing with him uh that I you know that I want to make note of is you know I have talked to a lot of offensive tackles who played in the SEC and played against him uh through all my interviews this year and a lot of them all said Josh Allen was the toughest guy they played against. Mm-hmm. And it's not again it's not because of his uh, absurd quickness or absurd uh bend or anything like that it's just he's really technical mm-hmm. uh so he's a guy who could definitely outplay where I have him ranked i think he could he could be a really good player in the nfl uh, mm-hmm. it's just you know from from that i guess not athletic standpoint but just from like an overall uh pure like polished standpoint as a pass rusher i just don't see it yet but you know he he could be a really good player so I, i'm not betting against him at all he just finished a little lower to me, than, than you know, he did for most people.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I had him at, I ranked, or Burns, I gave him a grade of a 79, whereas Allen had an 85. Now, to me, there, there was just, I, I agree with you. You look at Burns' film, and he's amazing. I mean, he is lightning in a bottle, for sure. Uh, definitely a guy who, if taught correctly and kind of gains a little bit of that uh, power to his game, I think he's going to be, I think that it's quite possible that he's, you know if not the most successful defensive end out of this class he could definitely be behind bosa cuz bosa to me was head and shoulders above the cr- the crew by far he had a 91 grade that's a that's a big grade for me he is so smooth and i think burns has a little bit of that too but he's got another aspect that he's missing out on so that was where i had them with in terms of bosa um and then i had uh um uh, allen before Burns, but I really loved Burns, so I I I get why you have him as high as you do. He's an exciting guy to watch. There's a lot of other guys in here that are kind of you know if you look at other big boards or whatever, they're they're a little different here. You've got Ed Oliver at four, TJ Hawkinson a tight end at five. That kind of strikes me as odd if I'm just a casual observer and I come up and say
2: you have a tight end and fifth best player in your board. Explain. Yeah, so uh, the big thing with big boards here to you know kind of explain myself a little bit is you know this isn't me ranking based on you know where i draft them you know so me putting tj hawkinson at at number 5 on this big board doesn't mean you know, I'm going to take him fifth overall in a draft class. Mm -hmm. I think he's a really good player, and I think that he's one of the better players in this draft. Uh, But obviously, come draft time, the valuation of a tight end is not something that would be, you know, maybe over a guy who's like a defensive end or something. So maybe a guy like Josh Allen, come draft time, I would take higher than TJ Hawkinson because of the valuation of position. Uh, But going to TJ Hawkinson, uh, you know, just a really complete tight end. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe not an elite athlete, but a really good athlete. Uh, also a guy who can uh, you know block at a high level uh, just catch the ball at a high level just just a, all around a really good tight end prospect and uh, you know he draft him he's a plug-and-play starter he's a plug-and-play guy he's gonna last forever in this league and he's gonna be a really good player for a team so uh, you know T.J. Hogginson you can't really go wrong with and and that's why he's a top five guy in this class for me
1: you've got D.K. Metcalf wide receiver out of Ole Miss at six Garrett Bradbury at seven uh, Jonah Williams out of Alabama at eight there's a nice mix of, you know, and then you will like there, you've got Devin Bush at nine, the linebacker out of Michigan. You've got another tackle in Andre Dillard at 10. So inside the top 10, there's
2: some legitimate offensive linemen that are going to be
1: taken very high in this draft.
2: Oh, yeah, man. I, I love the offensive linemen in this class. You know, from tackle uh, to guard to center, there's just a lot of really good prospects. So, you know, if the Colts wanted to go with their their offensive tackle in the future, say say Andre Dillard falls to pick 26, I know a lot of people wouldn't love that pick. But, you know, if you can get a a high-level athlete who has, you know, a lot of the good intangibles to be a great tackle in this league, Mm -hmm. and you can get him in the first round to sit behind Costanzo and be your future – I'm all for that. I know a lot of people wouldn't love that, but I'd all I'd be all for. And then you know, there's even other tackles. You know, Jawan Taylor slips there maybe. Uh, You know, other other tackles that are there, I I wouldn't mind the Colts taking it. But but overall, man, I I just love the tackles. The guard Chris Lindstrom's another guy in this class. I think where'd I have him? I had Chris Lindstrom at number 23 overall. Mm -hmm. Another really good interior offensive lineman. Cody Ford and Jawan Taylor were both in my top uh, 20 as well. It's just a really good offensive line class and. You know, luckily the Colts are set offensive line right now, but if they went with, say, another guard or, say, another tackle in this class, it, it wouldn't shock me at all because it, it's just a really deep class on the offensive line.
1: I've made that point a couple times myself, and and it's it's kind of fun to try to figure out where the – obviously I'm definitely not on the wide receiver uh, bandwagon. I don't want nothing to do with that in the first round. Uh, yeah. That's just me, you know, and that's fine if other people want that. I, I just – I don't see it. And and one of the the positions was offensive tackle that I figured – is a, is a real possibility here, okay, between, you know, Dillard and then you go to your next guy, uh, Cody Ford at 17, Juwan Taylor at 18. Who of those three is most likely sticking on the board uh, around 26? Because like I said, these guys are going to go high. And when you have an edge class like this where the top four, top five could all go first round, you've got a good possibility four or five of these tackles in my presumption, you know, could go. You've got a lot of uh, really good players at a lot of very important positions i guess you could say that could be there for the colts so there is a couple positions there in terms of edge uh even interior defensive line and offensive tackle where the colts could really go so who are these guys is still on the board you think at 26 is there a couple of them is it just you know you think just one's left
2: yeah so if, i mean if we're going for just these offensive tackles right now um you know i I know a lot of people in ranking Dillard a little bit lower because they just don't see the upside. In terms of, I, mean, they, like, I guess they see the upside, but they just don't. In I terms guess of your, value. Your Whoa, top, sorry, what was
1: that? You're okay. Sorry about. It. I didn't trying to cut you off, but like I'm talking about your top five offensive linemen in general.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Going to the top five linemen. I mean, uh, you know, Bradbury could definitely be there. Uh, I don't know if the Colts would be a team that would value him just because, you know, Ryan Kelly is likely their center of the future. And, and, you know, they got Quentin Nelson, maybe they see him as an upgrade to Glowinski, but uh, I I doubt that he's really a fit because he's more of a zone scheme fit uh, compared to, uh, you know, uh, the Colts are more of a power scheme. They like to really enforce their will on teams. And and Bradbury, you know, he's a great player, but he's more of a real, like a really athletic zone scheme guy. Uh, So I don't really see him being a fit. Uh, you know Jonah Williams. There, he could be just because he didn't test like out of this world. Uh, he could definitely be there, and I think he just fits everything from a culture uh, to a smart standpoint. And on the field, his film's really good too. Uh, you know, Dillard. I don't think will be there just because his high end athleticism. Uh, uh, Jawan Taylor probably won't be there. Just again, he, he had just had great film last year, and also was a really good athlete. Uh, but Cody Ford is a guy that we can pay attention to because you know his film was really good, but he did not test out of this world at the combine. He was a fairly average athlete at the combine, has guard and tackle flexibility, so he could kind of be that swing role mm-hmm. uh, for a year or two until uh, Costanzo eventually is, is uh, you know, departs from the team, and he could really be that guy who fills in at left tackle, so there's definitely a lot of options for them, even in the first round for offensive line, which a lot of people, again, will not be a big fan of if that happens, but keep building those trenches, uh, keep protecting Andrew Luck, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's whatever Ballard sees best, and and if he takes a tackle or a guard in this class with the just a really loaded offensive line class, I, again, I, I wouldn't blame him whatsoever. It, it's a really good class.
1: Yeah, and I think that people should be okay if he does that because I think the offensive linemen in this draft, like you said, they're they're pretty good, and then you get another guy in there, and it's like, okay, so we know we need defensive linemen. What the hell is he doing? man that's that's a pick that you just don't get the luxury of very often when you've got an offensive line that's already kind of been a real really solid cohesive group last year and really turned a lot of heads to add another nice piece of talent to that then you've really figured you've got not only depth but you've got depth with a purpose along that offensive line
2: yeah it's so important too in today's NFL and today's NFL you know it's rare to find a team that has three or four good offensive linemen let alone five or six or seven mm-hmm. like the Colts could have next year because I thought Evan Bain was great I thought the uh, all the five stars were great so they can add another guy in there uh, you know even Joe Haig was pretty good so that, that's seven right there mm-hmm. but if you're gonna add a guy like say Chris Lindstrom uh, from Boston College I know that Ballard's really high on him is what a lot of people have been saying or you can add that developmental tackle maybe like a Yadne or maybe again like a Cody Ford there I mean you're eight deep with all guys who can play in this league and all guys who are good linemen and that's just a luxury like teams do not have that look at like the seahawks the last couple of years look at uh, you know look at the redskins when when their whole offensive line went down they had guys off the street coming in that didn't know how to block at all it, it's just um that's just really how the nfl is right now there's not many good offensive linemen in the league uh, so every time you have a chance to upgrade that position and and really provide depth and, and prepare for the future you're just one step ahead of everybody else absolutely
1: so let's talk about the interior defensive line now. We kind of touched on that a moment ago. but obviously we know that Quinn and Williams and it's uh, almost impossible at Oliver was to slip that that far uh, to the Colts. So those two are pretty obviously off the table. But uh, your next line of defensive linemen here come in with Christian Wilkins. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, obviously, we know you know, past uh, injury ACL. Does that scare you at all? For and I'm talking. I I know that people are saying that Simmons is a top five talent in this draft. I agree with them, but there's that that ACL to me scares me more because of the position that he plays. That to me seems it's a it's an injury that can become reoccurring, and it seems like it could recur
2: just any time it wanted to because of the position that he plays. Yeah, it's definitely worrisome. You know, anytime that your rookie is going to come in already with. Wear and tear on his body, already missing time, missing valuable time on the field. It's always a concern. And then with Simmons, there's that added risk of you know the off-field incident from when he was in high school. Right. There's a lot of risk with Jeffrey Simmons. And and you know on the film, he's great. You know he's a very powerful player, uh, great hands, controls his blocks, and he would be a great fit with the Colts. It's just he, it's all about valuation. You know at 26, that could be a good risk to take. You know uh, because he has that talent, he has the ability to be a top tier tackle in this league, but. Mm-hmm you know, at the end of the day, if you, if you just don't see the, you know, don't see the worth and the risk there, I mean, it's just not worth it at all. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's a good player. So, I mean, if, if he does go in the first round still, it, it wouldn't shock me at all because he's a really good player. It's just, there's tons of risk, you know, with re-injury, missing time, uh, wear and tear on him along with the off field. That, that's, that's a lot to worry about. So, uh, you know, glad we're not GMs. We can just look at guys and say, you know, he's good and he's bad, but uh, yeah, there, there's a lot to weigh with him for sure.
1: Absolutely. So, your next guy here is Jerry Tillery, and I've heard a couple people say that they thought in the first round that Tillery would be a reach. Do you agree or disagree?
2: No, I don't think he's a reach at all in the first round. I think that he has the talent to be a first rounder for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's a lot of, thing behind, a lot of uh, things behind closed doors that people are talking about from like, uh, you know, does he love football? And he's a little bit of a dirty player on the field, at least early in his career. The last two years it really wasn't as prevalent, but early in his career he was a bit of a dirty player, had that reputation. Uh, so a lot of the reasons why he wouldn't go in the first round there is more of the off the field stuff than the on the field. On the field, he was dominant. You know, uh, to start last year, I think in the first five games he had seven sacks, and then he tore his labrum and played through it the entire rest of the year. And he only had one sack, I think, the rest of the year. But you know, he played through a torn labrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he was dominant early in the year. You know, again, seven sacks in five games. Now is against got teams like Michigan, uh, teams like Stanford. You know, who have draftable offensive linemen. Uh, so yeah, he just brings it all. You know, he's super athletic. Uh, you know, he even had a great bench press despite a torn labrum, you know, mm-hmm. playing like uh, lifting with a torn labrum there. Uh, so he tested out this world, of the combine, the tape is good. You know, I just I don't see what world he's not a first round talent. You know, I think if I had to rank these guys in tiers here, I think my the end of my first round guys would probably be around uh, 21 or 22 players there. Uh, yeah. So he, he's definitely a first round talent for me.
1: Okay, so I got to get back to kind of where our rankings are in the draft guide here. We've got Farrell and Montez Sweat both at 28 and 29, according to myself, in terms of the grades that I gave them. But my next guy was Chase Winovich. Dude, I love this guy. I absolutely fell in love with his tape and fell in love with everything about him. Why isn't he any higher on your board? Or is it, yeah. am I crazy?
2: No, no, you're not crazy at all. I mean, I even wrote the. Uh, a lot of people our, think uh, I am. Yeah, I mean, you're not crazy in this. <laughs> here. I mean, you're crazy in general. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I wrote a film room uh, for Stampy Blue here. If you guys can click on the link, uh, you know, after this uh, podcast here, or even while you're listening, uh, you know, I I wrote a film room about Chase Winovich for our site, and I, I'm a huge fan. I even said that he could be a target for the Colts in the late first, uh, early second. Uh, you know, I I there are some concerns there. Um, you know. He tested out of this world, but it doesn't always show on film. Mm. Uh, but, you know, just from an effort standpoint, from an intangible standpoint, from a leadership, uh, you know, he's all over the place. Uh, and he also has some pretty good production there. So I, I think he's a good player. Uh, there are Again, there's a couple concerns with, uh, you know, there was a couple injuries throughout his career. Uh, I think he's like 23 years old or 24 years old. So, again, it's a little bit of an older player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, I mean, just turn on the film and he kind of fits that, you know, that John Gruden football guy. Uh, the, he's just a football guy, and yep. he's all over the place. He, you can tell he loves football just watching it, and yeah, he you'll see him track screenplays down fifty yards down the field. I mean, he's he's all over the place, so it's really easy to fall in love with this film. It's just I, I like some guys with more upside and potential. Uh just, and not that I'm saying he doesn't have potential. I just like guys who have more of the, uh, you know, the intangibles with the long arms, maybe, and, and quicker first step. But you know, again, he he just brings it all on the field. Just watch his tape for five minutes, and you fall in love. He's a good player.
1: Yeah, I actually wrote that I thought he was kind of like the prototypical Patriot guy, the guy yeah. who may look like you know he's pretty damn good, but he's not. You know, he doesn't have everything right now. But man, that effort is out of control, and you just see the Patriots grabbing him in the second or whenever they pick. I don't see them grabbing him in the first. Uh, and I don't necessarily know if I think Winovich is a first-round uh, pick anyways. I've got him and Ferguson and uh, Zimenez. I have so many guys in that defensive tier that are really closely ranked right there um, in terms of their grades. But, I mean, it, it just he just would be, in my opinion, a fantastic second-round pick if the Colts went in another direction. I, I think that there's some more – depth in this defensive end class, then I think a lot of people are giving it credit for. But at yeah. the same time, there are the further you go down, and you get into the second and third round, in my opinion, there are some major, major drop offs in terms of high end talent. And ter- well, in terms of their ceiling, you know, I think yeah. uh, ceiling only goes so high at this defensive end group as you get down closer to 1015th ranked in the class, but Uh, Zach let's take a quick break we'll come right back here in just a minute with more about your top 200 big board
2: most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google Meta and Apple
1: Welcome back, guys. Okay, let's continue. Uh, Zach Hicks here talking to us about his big board. Zach, I want to know where you have – I mean, you've spoken about and a lot of people were talking about Charles – oh, oh, here we go again. (laughs) Amenahu. Amenahu. And I couldn't get my the the letters
2: and the syllables down right in my brain.
1: <laughs> we're um, gonna hear
2: that in the reviews for the uh, podcast. You can't pronounce anyone's names right with O that nobody, last name. Yeah,
1: that's a bad. It's a bad last name or a bad letter to for a last name to start with. Uh, the Colts did meet with him at the Senior Bowl. What what do you think they would get out of a guy like that if they were to get him maybe first round, uh, early that early second round pick.
2: Yeah, so, uh, you know, even to clarify there, to add on to what you just said there, when I talked to him, he said that he met with the Colts at his pro day, at the Senior Bowl, at the Combine. Uh, you know, every single a big event he's had, there's been a Colts uh, guy meeting with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously the Colts are interested. And, and the biggest reason why I like him, and you know, I might be a little biased. I might be putting the blinders on because I kind of view a lot of these players through that Colts perspective just because I watched so much Colts film last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, my my kind of football experience last year has only been, you know, zone defenses and power running schemes. Uh, But, you know, uh, Charles Menhu fits the Colts defense. You know, he's a very versatile guy. He can play defensive end, play defensive tackle. Uh, He fits everything that Ballard has traditionally liked in his defensive ends. You know, he's very long. I think he broke the combine record for arm for wingspan or arm length or something like that for defensive lineman. I think it was like 36 inch arms or 36 and a half inch arms, like crazy long reach. Uh, So, you know, he has the length. He has the explosion off the line of scrimmage. You know, his film was good inside and outside. He had really good film and and he looked really good at the senior bowl too. So I just think he's going to be a really good player in this league. And yeah, the Colts would really benefit from, you know, he can, he can play defensive end in base packages. He can shoot inside on, on, uh, you know, pass rushing downs. Uh, you know, he can even play inside and shoot the gap. So whatever they really need from him along that defensive front, he could play really well. Uh, so just overall, I think if they went with him at 26, which could be that big surprise pick that people, uh, you know, lose their minds about, uh, but I, I would actually like it personally. Uh, but you know, if they went in with him at 26 or 34, I think it would just be a really good fit for him.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of interesting to me that you've got Rashawn Gary down here at 33. Um, but there, there's so many guys in here and, and I have to ask you is, Kind of that 30th to 50th, maybe even 60th overall, going to be the sweet spot in this draft, in your opinion?
2: Oh, yeah. No, th- that was so hard ranking the guys from 30 to 60 in this because it's like, you know, one day I could lean, you know, like, for instance, just looking at these guys, like Draymond Jones is at 40 for me, and uh, like Hakeem Butler is at 50. Mm-hmm. If you switch those two, put Hakeem Butler at 40 and put Draymond Jones at 50, I wouldn't even bat an eye. You know, like d- there's the talent is just so close. Uh, Even when I was ranking the safeties for our draft guide, you know, guys were being separated by one point, you know, like one guy was 74 points, the next guy was 73, the next guy was 72. It's just the talent's really close, really bunched up there in that second to third round range. And it's really good year for the Colts to have, you know, two seconds and a third. Uh, It's a really good year for that. And the talent in there is really good. So, yeah, from from 30 to 60 or even 30 to 70, it's it's a really tight group of guys there. Right.
1: Let me ask you this real quick before we move on. Do, Do you think that the Colts end up picking at number 26?
2: That's tough. Uh, I think the one thing, and one thing that I've been kind of playing in my mind, uh, especially talking to a couple Patriots guys, is you know the Patriots are sitting there at, at 32, mm-hmm. and they have like 100 day two picks, it feels like, because of comp picks and because of trades. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they offered 32 and, say, one of those third rounders to move up to 26 if, if a guy like Cleland Farrell is there. Uh, just because Farrell kind of fits that that Trey Flowers and and Jabal Shear type role, hmm. uh, they can move up to twenty six there. I, I know a lot of Colts fans would hate trading with the Patriots, but getting thirty two and another third or or thirty two and a fourth uh, for them to move up, I think that would be a good trade for the Colts, and I could definitely see them doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, they they might pick at twenty six, but I wouldn't put Pass Ballard to trade back.
1: Yeah, I just don't think that they will for some reason. I don't, and it's not so much that I think it's. Uh, a dr- or a drastic, like they shouldn't, definitely shouldn't. I just don't think they will. I mean, it, just the way it feels, you know, getting one of those feelings about it, just doesn't feel like we're going to see a pick on Thursday night for the Colts, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I, I would personally love it. I get to do more film rooms, and more players, and stuff, <laughs> more content out there. You know, Chris Ballard looking out for me there, so I'm a big fan of that. Right. We
1: talked <laughs> about this kind of the thirty to sixty group here. This kind of to me, and, and maybe even a little bit higher, and maybe even a little bit lower, in in including. Uh, you've got a lot of what the Colts need as well. You've got a lot of corners. You've still got some defensive ends that are in there, safeties, running backs, wide receivers. To me, that's where you go with one of those there. Like you said, the Colts have two twos and a three. Uh, could get more with a trade back, obviously. Not that, you know, if there's there are guys there, we know that Bower's going to take him. Um, but I, I just struggle to believe that uh, if he found 14 guys that met that first-grade criteria that he would – go with them or that they might still be there at 26 but you never know what run goes when in terms of position well who do you like out of this group let's say at maybe this late second and uh or the court or the colts third round picks uh for the for the secondary like the cornerbacks and the safeties because there's a lot of them
2: yeah no no there's a lot of guys i like Uh, one guy that i'm higher on Uh, Who might be a little lower in the NFL's eyes, uh, especially recently with his uh, with his uh, pro day 40 time not being great, is uh, Taylor Rep out of Washington. Mm -hmm. I know I talked about him all uh, off season here for the Colts, but I just think you know talking off the field, you know honorable guy, team captain. Uh, guys that a guy who like the teammates all revolve around uh, but on the field I mean he's involved in every single play uh, from run defense to the tackles down the field he's all over the place and and he's the best tackling safety in this class like it's not even close you know guys like Darnold Savage are, are I guess are decent but uh, Taylor Rapp is an excellent tackler you know he, there's rarely any missed tackles I think that pro football focus logged Two total missed tackles for him last year wow. throughout the whole season. Yeah, like he he does not miss tackles, especially for a guy. I think he's only like 5'10, like 200 pounds. Uh, so just putting him right next to a guy like Malik Hooker, allow Malik Hooker to kind of range on that back end and have Taylor Rapp being your consistent, solid, uh, you know, box guy who can make some tackles. I think that would be a great fit there in the second round. Uh, but, you know, going to corners, you know, a guy like Sean Bunting might be a good one hmm. uh, because, you know, the Colts don't really need a guy who can kind of step in and start. You know, they got three guys who can start. You know, don't I wouldn't mind drafting a guy who can develop and sit behind and and you know as that fourth corner so and learn and, and build off his attributes. So a guy like Sean Bunting, Justin Lane, Isaiah Johnson, uh, you know, three high upside corners who used to be receivers. I believe they were all three receivers, maybe not Bunting, but uh, the other two guys definitely were. You know, but really athletic guys who can be, uh, you know, starting corners in the future. Sit them there that fourth spot, that fifth spot. Let them play special teams, kind of earn their stripes. And maybe one day they can be good starters for the team. I, I think that's the the optimal position I would go with corner. Just get a high upside guy who can who can really develop into a, a long term guy. But yeah, safety there, there's there's going to be a couple options there. It's a good safety class, especially the top eight or nine guys. Uh, but at corner, just just take the high upside guy. I think in that range, and I think they'll be fine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I like I like the Colts' thoughts on improving the secondary, but again. Uh, especially with the safety group for some reason it just makes me feel like I I just don't want to see them go safety in round one when you have and I know that Ballard goes strict or not strict BPA but you know it's the larger portion of his uh, philosophy I I just worry about a safety in the first round as well safety and wide receiver to me just seem like the find that in the meat of this draft as opposed to this because they've got all those guys re-signed you know uh, with Farley, you've got Hooker, you've got Gathers again. You know, it just in the wide receiver group, they've got Funches, Deion Kane will be back. They did pretty damn well last year with a, a, a pretty, pretty soft group. And I, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just mean, in terms of comparison to other most of the top 10 to 15 NFL teams, their their talent level at wide receiver isn't fantastic from what last year had, but they've got. Yeah. And they could do this in the second round they could do it in the third and they could still make that wide receiver core in my opinion significantly better
2: yeah um, and one well one thing i'll add to that, just to interrupt you here for a second uh, one thing i'll add to that to make you i guess uh, sleep better and feel better here uh, <laughs> about that is uh, you know the highest draft pick that ballard in since 2012 working with the chiefs and the colts and again this is again this is based off my build to ballard things here um it, it's not f- official it's not finite or it's not you know perfect. Uh, But, you know, since 2012, the teams that Ballard has been a part of, the highest draft pick they spent on a receiver is a third rounder. Mm. And stuff that he's said in the media and stuff, you know, he likes his receiver group and he likes, you know, finding those high upside guys in the later rounds and developing them. You know, we kind of saw it last year, guys like Deion Cain in the sixth, Mm -hmm. uh, Darius Fountain there in the fourth. Uh, You know, he likes those high upside guys. So I think he's going to take more of like a later round approach to that. And then going to safety, uh, even though I haven't done a build of Ballard on it, mainly because I just don't have – much data to go on with that he's only taken I think two safeties in his entire career since 2012 I think it was like a sixth or seventh round safety with the Chiefs in like 2013 and then Malik Hooker Uh, besides that he just doesn't hasn't drafted safeties at all Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think he likes veterans in that position you know I'm not saying he won't take a safety in this class but uh, traditionally he doesn't really value those positions high except you know a guy like Malik Hooker fell to him in the first round when he wasn't expected to be there uh, you know, he doesn't take those positions high. So I think, uh, you know, I, I think your thinking's kind of in line with Ballard there. I don't think, you know, receiver or even safety is a position that he values high. You know, if a guy slips that he thinks is a high-end talent, sure, he could definitely take him. But I just don't think those are positions that he values in the first or maybe even early second round.
1: Right, and I think that case could be even made for when he drafted uh, Hooker. Hooker was yeah. slipping a little bit, but he just didn't slip on Ballard's board. He Ballard had him where he had him, and Ballard took him. Uh, at 15 you know I think that that's just the way it goes and sees a guy that's up there maybe he'll take him but it just seems like they've got a lot of lot on the arsenal there uh, at the safety group wide receivers I want I want them to get better at receiver I just don't want them to waste a first round pick for it when you've got a defensive line class that could have some people slip to you so who's your who's your first round pick your ultimate first round pick uh, realistically slides to the Colts uh, who's your guy that you pull the plug or pull the, the, the number four right
2: there at 26, if he's on the board. Yeah. So the one guy who I think will be there just because, uh, you know, it, it's a deep defensive line class, uh, from tackles to defensive ends. Uh, but one guy I think has to be there just cause he's not a great athlete on film, not a great athlete, you know, even when he measured. Uh, but I think that he just brings a lot of what Ballard wants. I think Cleland Farrell will be there from Clemson. Mm-hmm. And I think that, he would be the perfect uh, replacement for Jabal Sheard. You know, Jabal Sheard's contract is up next year. Uh, you know, he could even get traded in this offseason. The Colts have a lot of uh, depth there, defensive end, their defensive tackle mm-hmm. even. Uh, so I don't even know if Sheard will be a part of the team if they take a guy like Farrell. But, uh, you know, Clem Farrell is very similar to Jabal Sheard. I think he could be a very good first-round option there uh, to kind of be that that true starter on the other end, be that long-term starter there, and a guy who could, you know, you could build your team around for a couple years there being just your solid uh, pass rusher and run defender on the end so Clellan farrell i think will be will be there uh, i don't know if they're going to make that pick there and take him or someone's going to trade up for him but I, I think that could be a guy the Colts would really like there
1: yeah i think you would too and i think that'd be fun with Tyquan lewis there and him kind of working around each other as well in the future um i didn't have farrell quite as high as a lot of other people did i think but i've still got him at, at i mean he lands at 28 on on our yeah uh, on our big board there. And I had him at the fourth defensive end. So I d- obviously didn't dislike him, you know, and he, hell, he had a 78. So, I mean, that's only
2: one point behind Burns. Uh, he yeah. Had- and he was my fourth defensive end, I think as well. And, but 22 overall. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty similar. With, he, like, he's just a very solid player. You know, he's mm-hmm. not, he's not even like a Rashawn Gary type of upside. He's just a good, solid player. Right.
1: And I think that the Colts need some of that as well. So let's yeah. talk second round then. Who do you go, uh, or not who, but let's go position-wise. Which position do you take at that uh, that 34th pick?
2: You know, that's tough just in the vacuum there because you, just, you don't know who's going to be there. You know, you could go even go defensive line again. You know, say Charles right. Menehu is still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a guy who can play interior defensive line and defensive end uh, and just really build that front. So say you go a guy like Farrell in the first, I could see them still going a guy like Menehu in the second just so you can just keep building that – that line up front you know we saw it last year with the offensive line when they took nelson in the first round everyone's like okay cool they're gonna go get like a receiver and defensive back here in the second mm-hmm. and then they took Braden smith with their with their second round pick right uh you know ballard likes building those trenches so i could see a guy like you know like charles amenehu go there uh you know if other guys start falling maybe simmons is still there mm-hmm. they go with a guy like jeffrey simmons uh you know it wouldn't be as big a risk because he's your second round pick exactly uh, Draymond Jones, who's a penetrating, pass-rushing defensive lineman who could really work on sub-downs. You know, I could really see them go defensive line there. You know, maybe even offensive tackle if a guy like, um, you know, Cody Ford falls out of the first round. I I think I just – the thing with Ballard, which I love and football guys love and I'm sure you love too, is he loves building those trenches. You know, he's going to look for linemen. He's going to look for offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Uh, So – I, I would be highly shocked if one of his first two or three picks is not offensive or defensive linemen. It, it just feels like, you know, every year he's gonna be investing in the in that group. So yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if his two defensive linemen were right out the gate there.
1: It would okay, so Winovich is technically defensive in. Yeah. I I think that he is a scheme fit for the Colts in that I think he could play a lot of Sam. I think he could play a, a couple different spots along the the linebacking group. Is would he as a pick specifically for this four three uh, defense would that be a good pick for the Colts uh, in terms of using him in that capacity? In your opinion?
2: Yeah, no, I love him, I, and I think the defense would. Uh, I think I think Eberflus and and Mike Fair and all those guys would find a great way to use him. He again, just a high effort guy, Can a range. guy who I identified as a guy who fits with uh, what Ballard has traditionally picked mm-hmm. uh, through the Build a Ballard series, and and I just think overall he'd be a great fit for the team. Uh, so yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he's that thirty fourth pick, and again, people might not like that pick. Uh, just because he's not the sexy pick. You know, he's not the 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 home run hitting pick. But, you know, you're going to have a very solid starter for a couple years. So maybe they don't take a guy like Farrell in the first. Say they, they reach and take that safety that nobody likes. They take uh, Jonathan Abram, who, who you know, he he's number 74 on my board. Uh, but I, I like him a lot more than where I ranked him. Right. Uh, but, you know, say they reach for a guy like Jonathan Abram in the first. Getting a guy like Winovich in the second there, who's your just very solid floor guy, who's going to give you a ton of effort, play great run defense, rush the passer well. I, I could definitely see that too. I I think there's a lot of good options to go in this class, but yeah, Winovich should be a, a really good pick in the second round.
1: I agree, and I think that I like him better for the Colts in that aspect as the linebacker, just because he is so good in pursuit, and he's just kind of that psycho in the middle of the defense. Um, that I just think it would be great. You know, they want the speed, they want the effort, they want you know. That guy who's relentless, and I think that's what he gives you. I think he gives you a lot of late run fumble opportunities, in, in terms of being in there and being, because he's just going to be one of those guys who's always around the ball. So let's talk late second. Let's talk third round. Uh, still, while we're here, who is where, where? are we at next? Okay, we've addressed the uh, uh, the defensive line. Who's who's? What's the sweet spot position wise that is around this area?
2: Yeah. So I think this is where we're going to see. You know, then take a hard look at receivers, uh, defensive backs, maybe even a running back. You know, apparently they've been linked to a lot of running backs, even though, you know, people like us, we might see them as pretty good at running back right now. Uh, you know, it wouldn't stop them. Say, say Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. were to slip to the late second round. You know, Josh Jacobs, a lot of guys, RB1, uh, but, you know, he didn't test out this world at his Pro Day or the Combine. Uh, you know, he was a split down running back at Alabama, so he could definitely slip in this class if he's there at 59. I'd, and Ballard pulls the trigger, I don't think anybody would be upset there. Uh, so, you know, he could be a talented player that slips or uh, anything else. But I think receiver and defensive back, this is a sweet spot there. Uh, you know, so you're not really dropping out the talent too much. There's some good receivers that'll be in that late second. Uh, late third round range and along with defensive backs you know you could still get a guy like like again like taylor Rapp there in the late second mm-hmm. uh, you could still get a guy like in you know in the late third maybe like a saquon hampton or even other corners i talked about you know like isaiah johnson and and justin lane there's a lot of options here but i think receiver and defensive back you know just so you're not investing high picks in them but those are those are solid little sweet spots there
1: let's assume that the colts keep all their picks through three rounds don't trade out any of that stuff uh, do you see running back in their future in this area? This
2: kind of the meat of the draft. I don't think it's a it's a huge target for them right now. Like I don't think they're going to go into the draft saying like we need to get a running back in these first four picks. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, like I said, if a guy like Josh Jacobs falls, or or say they have Damian Harris, like I, I have Damian Harris as my thirty first overall player on my board. If Damian Harris is there, if they if they view Damian Harris the same way as I do, and he's there at fifty nine. I could definitely see them pulling the trigger. You know, they they want to be a run heavy team. They want to be a team that can pound the rock and wear down defenses. And and uh, if if their top running back is there in the late second or late third, even, uh, yeah, they could definitely pull the trigger. You know, add to that running back field and add to Marlon Mack there and keep him fresher, and and that would be a really cool duo. So I don't think it's like a pressing need or a team that they're or a position that they're going to be like we need to address. But if a talented player falls, I could definitely see them drafting that.
1: There's very little doubt that. BPA is used heavily once I mean it is almost exclusively used once you get yourself into the day three picks who did you have ranked just go out and try to get guys who can be talented and good enough to make this roster and make it better so who's who's kind of your guy here that uh, we'll start with this who's kind of your guy that maybe got into your top 65 70 pick or uh, big board and isn't expected to be there that maybe people have him a little bit lower ranked in their uh, in their in their big boards.
2: Yeah, so there's a couple guys here, uh, and I'll even name out some guys who fit the Colts pretty well. Uh, Riley Ridley, out of Georgia, uh, the receiver out of Georgia. Uh, you know, a lot of people are or a lot of people ranked him as like a top 60, top 70 player. He's at 58 for me, uh, and and I think that uh, just from his route running, his hands, everything like that, I think he's going to be a good player. He could fall day three just for. Uh, his athleticism was really not good at at the combine, uh, but yeah, he's a guy who I would definitely target for the Colts there on day three. Uh, Nate Davis out of Charlotte. That, that's a small school guy there. Offensive lineman out of Charlotte uh, was really good at the senior bowl. Really tough, competitive guy. His tape's really good, uh, but again, it, it was at Charlotte. He ranked at number 62 for me. Uh, I doubt that he's going to be higher than a day three pick, but I think he's going to be a player. Uh, you know, he, a little Joe Haig to his game, and I, that's what I really liked. Uh, yeah. Even a little better than Joe Haig in my opinion, but uh, I really liked his game there. Um, looking at a couple other guys here, I'm trying to find my my underrated guys. I will say Saquon Hampton's a guy who I've talked about a lot on Twitter and you know on some podcasts and stuff. Saquon Hampton out of Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he's not the biggest guy, not the strongest guy, but uh, you know good length, good technique, uh, great angles and run defense, and and he has that ability to lock up tight ends. And I think he could be a really good safety in this class. He ran a 4-4 when – I think he was like six two, six three, and he ran a 4-4. Uh, so good athlete with good length, good size. He could really be your kind of tight end matchup guy. Uh, so those are a couple guys I like on day threes. Hampton came in at 86 overall on my big board. Uh, but those are some good players I like on that day three range that I might have a little higher than most people.
1: Now, once we get into this area, it seems like there's a lot of names that people don't know anything about. So let's talk about a guy that you may have – sitting here that shouldn't you know that you, he may be
2: ranked in this area but he may not be drafted until sit round six or seven yeah a couple guys here uh right Ry- rykel armstead out of running back from temple i have at the 105 spot on my big board here mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people might not know him you know uh, temple running back um who was a kind of a surprise invite to the senior bowl didn't really super impressed down there you know wasn't a superstar Uh, But, you know, turn on his film. He's a bowling ball of a player, just a really good athlete, a really big, strong running back as well. Uh, You know, I I would be comfortable taking him in like round three or so, but he might not go till, you know, sixth, seventh round. Um, Another guy here, uh, just to name one more here is Alex Bars out of Notre Dame. Uh, I have him as my 109th overall player, Uh, put some really good film out uh, last year, the first half of last year, then suffered an injury late in the year and kind of, you know faded from the mind here but I, I think he's a really good lineman who you know could be had in that kind of around uh, five or six range and I have him as like a you know almost a top 100 player mm-hmm. uh, but those are two guys I, I really like who uh, you know other people may not be talking about much but those are really talented players who I, I think have a good chance of making an impact in the league
1: it feels like the linebacking is fairly top heavy in this in this draft am I right right in assuming that or am I off a little bit
2: uh, as in top he- heavy, like just you know, mm-hmm. to me and to a lot of other experts, as in top heavy, it's like two maybe three guys, and the rest is kind of it yeah. kind of falls off a little bit there. I do have one guy a lot higher than most people, which I don't really understand why he's so low on a lot of boards. Uh, is is Drew Tranquil? Out of uh, out of Notre Dame, I know a lot of people listening are probably Notre Dame fans or, or hate Notre Dame. Right. Uh, there's no real in between when it comes to Notre Dame, but right. uh, I love Drew Tranquil. You know, he, he came in as my 63rd overall player, and I think he he's my linebacker four or five. And yeah, he he's all over the place on film. You know, uh, tested really well. Uh, you know, covers a lot of ground. Can can cover. a former safety guy. I, I I don't really know what it, there is to dislike with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, there's those top heavy guys, but you know, there, there's a lot of Good scheme fit guys and depth guys, but Drew Tranquil's a guy I have a lot higher than most people. How would he fit
1: with the Colts in this system?
2: Oh, he'd be great. And the one thing I think the Colts really need when it comes to a linebacker is they need a guy who can cover. You know, uh, Anthony Walker and Darius Leonard are excellent run defenders. They are all over the place, and Leonard makes some plays in the pass game as well. Uh, but they kind of need that that third down guy who can come in. You know when Walker's off the field, kind of be that money backer uh, slash you know coverage backer type guy. Uh, getting a guy like Drew Tranquil would just be excellent. You know, get that former safety hybrid type who can cover linebacker or cover uh, running backs and cover tight ends and really move well. And I think a guy like Drew Tranquil will be uh, just an excellent fit in that kind of that kind of range there. Uh, maybe like a fourth or fifth round guy to kind of be your depth and and third down backer. Now, Andy Isabella is
1: a guy that we've heard a lot about, talked a lot about. Uh, slot guy out of UMass is this I mean does this seem to be more pressing to you finding a true slot guy if anything at all or do you like the the thought of maybe going after one of the larger guys that can kind of be a true possession guy underneath and run those hard uh, routes across the middle uh, and such like that where do you see the Colts if it comes down to just you know fit and need kind of with the receivers who's somebody in this range that you think would be best suited for the Colts
2: yeah, so uh, starting with Andy and Iz- Isabella because that's how he kind of started this year. Uh, I- I'm not actually a huge fan of Isabella. I think uh, you know he's really produ- production was great. Uh, he was great at UMass. Uh, he's really fast too. I mean he outran Denzel Ward in the uh, in the I think it was a hundred yard dash in high school and sets the all time state record I believe. Uh, so you know he he can fly. He ran a four three at the combine. He can fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, uh, you know his hands aren't great. His catch radius isn't great. Uh, even, even, he even struggled to separate a little bit in college as well. Uh, so he actually came in 121 on my big board. I know that's a lot lower than most people, uh, but I just wasn't a huge fan of his film. Uh, but when it goes to the Colts here, I don't think they really need a true slot guy. You know, they could definitely bring one in Mm -hmm. uh, or they could definitely address that position. But, you know, Devin Funchess was excellent out of the slot last year and he's also a really good route runner and he has better size than most slot guys. Right. Uh, so, so I think, you know if if they go with an outside guy, say they go with a guy like you know, I'm just trying to look for the first guy that pops up. Say say Dylan Mitchell out of Oregon here. He's my 134th player on my big board. Uh, say they go with Dylan Mitchell out of Oregon to kind of be your other outside guy. You know, putting Funchess in the in the slot would not be a bad option at all. He's big he's got the size mismatch. He mm-hmm. can uh, run excellent routes, which I broke down in a film room when we signed him. Uh, You know, excellent routes and, you know, it'll be like kind of a shorter distance of the quarterback there. So the drop issues might not be as a big issue. Uh, So, yeah, Funchess can can kind of have that flexibility to go slot or go on the outside. Uh, So say that Isabella is their top option in round three. uh, They could go with a guy like Isabella and put uh, Funchess on the outside. If a guy like Dylan Mitchell or or Anton uh, Wesley, Anton Wesley out of Texas Tech is there. Uh, you know, top guy on day three, they can put funchus in the slot and, and you get the kind of the same effect there. So I, I, I like the funchus addition for that reason. They're not really pigeonholed into taking a slot guy or an outside guy. They can kind of take either and, and kind of work around that with Funchess. Excellent, Folks, we're going
1: to take one more break and then we'll be right back to wrap up our show here with Zach Hicks. Welcome back guys. Okay. Zach, I'm putting you on the, on the spot here, buddy. Let's kind of wrap this up with your favorite day three guy out of all, and it doesn't matter position, any of that stuff. Who's your favorite day
2: three guy? Oh, man, I got I got so many, I uh, especially because I I'm gonna I, make I, you pick it. one though. <laughs> I know I gotta pick one. So I've interviewed, <laughs> you know, if, if you guys have been following my work, and I'm, I'm sure some of you guys have, um, you know, I, I've interviewed so many guys this off season, uh, you know, from from day one guys to day two guys, day three guys to undrafted free agents. I've interviewed a lot uh build some relationships with some of the guys here. So uh, my overall favorite guy, and probably just because I loved his interview, and he also had pretty good film too, is uh, Ulysses Gilbert III. Uh, really fun name there, Ulysses Gilbert III. Uh, linebacker from Akron. Uh, again, a former safety type guy uh, who can kind of play that that third down role. Say the Colts were to take him there. Uh, you know, he was an excellent interview, great dude. I've I've had a really good relationship with him, but his film has been excellent too. And and he'll probably go in that fifth or sixth, maybe seventh round range. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I loved his film and I, I love him as a person. So that that's definitely my, my favorite, uh, day three guy in this class.
1: Let's talk about the group that didn't make it into your top 200. Who's a guy that is on everybody's top 200, but not yours.
2: Yeah. So I actually regret this, like, cause, uh, I got sent one last second interview, uh, from, from an agent today about Deontay Thompson, mm-hmm. uh, or Deontay Johnson, my fault, Deontay Johnson out of Toledo wide receiver, uh, who a lot of people have is like a top 100 guy, top 200 guy even. Uh, but, I, you know, I didn't have him in my top 200 because I just hadn't watched his film yet. Uh, and then I started watching his film in prep for my interview today, and and I was pretty bummed out that I didn't watch him there. Uh, but that that's definitely the big one that stands out to me is Deontay Johnson that I, I definitely missed. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of other guys, a couple of running backs a lot of people are pointing out to me. Uh, like Bryce Love is not in my top 200 mm-hmm. uh, just because of his injury issues and, and a couple of his uh, – when I say off field issues, when it comes to him, it's not that he's been in trouble Uh, with him. It's off field as in, uh, he's more committed to being a doctor than he is being a football player. some Mm -hmm. things that people have been, been talking about. And so, you know, obviously not a bad thing with him there. Uh, but that's just something I've heard. Um, and then like Alexander Madison out of, uh, Boise state, I've gotten some flack for not having been there too. Uh, again, I think both of them are good. Right. Him and Bryce love are both good running backs. I just, I don't love this running back class very much. And I think, uh, you know, I I guess I just prefer uh, you know the defensive players a little bit more than, than the running backs. They they would have barely you know they barely miss the cut there. But those are three guys I really like. Absolutely.
1: So let's talk about your about your ideal day one and day two poll. And I'm not talking about necessarily. I w- we'll talk about them in terms of if they were to be drafted 26, they deserve to be drafted 26, and so on. You know, the 34th pick and so on and so forth. Who? <laughs> what? What are the positions in your? opinion that would be the best four that the Colts can get on the first two days uh, position wise to get in that rank, to give them that kind of talent that can, they can really build off of and really deepen their roster as a whole.
2: Yeah. So I, I think coming out of this class with at least one defensive lineman in those first two or three picks, you know, you, you need to have i I'm not saying reach for one if there starts to be a big run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ideally coming out of a defense, hopefully the first two picks, but, you know, I'll to the third pick. Maybe a guy like Rennell Wren is there with the 59th pick, and I think he'd be a solid fit for the Colts. Uh, but, you know, coming out of those first two picks, at least with one defensive lineman, um, even two. Like we even talked about here a little bit earlier, you know, even two defensive linemen would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely want defensive line dressed early. Uh, receiver and, uh, and just defensive back in general, I think those last two picks of the of the first two days really should be an emphasis um you know don't force yourself into a receiver don't force yourself into a safety or anything like that but uh, th- you know there's going to be some talent there uh, there's a really good bunch of talent when it comes to receiver and defensive back in that second to third round range uh so 59 and uh, i think 89 is the other is the third round pick uh those would be two good spots to target there but yeah i would like the first two picks to really target the uh, the trenches you know maybe even offensive tackle there but right. really target the trenches with those first two picks and then kind of go for those skill positions of uh wide receiver and defensive back with those last two of the first few days.
1: Yeah. I think I'd be happy with that. I think everybody would be happy with that <clears throat> because I think the talent's there for those first two days to really get a nice pull uh, on those first four, four picks. So uh, is there anybody on here that we haven't discussed that you wanted to talk about? Because this top 200, you know, some of these guys being in the top 200 are, are going to go undrafted. Some of them are going to get drafted significantly higher than how we see. So who's a guy on here that kind of uh, really interested you? Because there's always that favorite, you know what I mean? That guy (laughs) that you just watch and you're just like, I love, I know I can't put him any higher, but I love him. Who is it?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's mostly safeties with me just because safeties are my position Mm -hmm. uh, that I just adore. Uh, I love watching safeties; It's very fun. Uh, But yeah, two guys that really stand out. Two guys who, uh, their film I absolutely love. I just couldn't rank them higher because of how my scale was kind of figure this year uh, Jonathan Abram out of Mississippi State I have him as my 74th overall player and I'm putting this into uh speaking terms here because uh if people come after me in a couple years when he's like a really good player in the league I can say that I've talked about this uh you know I I love his film he's all over the place he plays with just reckless abandon he's a junkyard dog is whatever you know all those terms there Mm -hmm. I I just don't love him in coverage and I don't uh I don't think he makes enough splash plays and that's why I couldn't rank him higher but I just think he's a really good player. Like, I, I would, if a team took him in the first round, even though my board wouldn't suggest that I would love that, I would be okay with it, just because I think he brings just uh, the moxie and, and the and the ability to your defense. So he, he's a guy who I wish I could have ranked higher, I just didn't. And uh, another guy who actually, uh, there's an interview posted on our site with him, is uh, Malik Gant out of uh, Marshall. Uh, he's my 150th ranked player, just because, again, uh, not great in coverage, not great. Uh, in the deep part of the field there, uh, and also didn't test really well at all at the Combine. But uh, just from a mindset perspective, coming downhill, crushing these dudes, uh, (laughs) former walk-on, Type guy who uh, has earned everything in his career. Uh, I just really like a guy like him, and I and I would not bet against him at all. It's just the way that I've I've done my board and the way I've watched players. He didn't rank any higher, but those are two guys I wish I could have ranked higher. Uh, who might even go higher than where I rank them, and and I'm I'm a huge fan of both them. So I'm not doubting them or hating on them at all. It just you know it's just kind of how the the ranking system worked.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good players in this draft. Uh, Zach, you've done an amazing job. Uh, with between the interviews, getting these guys ranked, uh, everything that you've done, uh, through draft season, it's been a lot of fun to, to read your work and check it out. And I hope that everybody is going to go out there and check out your top 200 at a minimum, but c- continue to pay attention to what you're doing, uh, through the site You're putting out some great work, man.
2: Yeah, man. It, it's a tiring process for sure. <laughs> it's a very grueling process. Uh, and you know, you kind of are like happy, sad when it's over, you know, cause it's another draft class kind of in the books here. Uh, just from all the work that you put into these guys, and you kind of finally get to see the results there. But, uh, you know, it's nice to take that little break, that kind of big breath after the draft, and it's like, okay, cool, it's it's finally here. But, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, if any of you guys are interested in my content, I actually, uh, well, I'm actually not going to take full credit for it. My girlfriend, um, the angel that she is, mm-hmm. if she's listening to this at all, um, me kissing up to her, uh, she made a big spreadsheet uh, with all my work. I think it's like 140 pieces in general, um, like all all in one place, uh, all broken down from film rooms to interviews to, uh, you know, big boards, all draft work. Uh, so it's all in one nice little place there. If you just go to my Twitter, at uh, Zach Hicks 2, uh, and just click on whatever you like uh, in the pinned tweet there, and you'll be able to see, you know, pull you right up to the page, whatever you want to see. You know, if you want to see an Anthony Walker film room from from week 16 this past year, you can just click on that right there. If you want to see an interview with Malik Gant out of Marshall, you can click on it right there. So all in one place, therefore you can see all my work. Uh, but yeah, it's just been a long process, man. Uh, it's been a pleasure, uh, you know, jumping on this podcast here and working with you guys this off season.
1: Well, we love having you on, man. That's pretty impressive work from your gal there, dude. I mean, well, she's, like I said, <laughs> she's an angel, man. She does it all. <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, that's yeah. Make sure you guys are going and checking that out. Cause that's going to have a lot of good stuff in it. So, uh zach man appreciate you coming on um anything that you wanted to to get to before because i mean look, look man we're you know what 48 hours away less than that when people are actually listening to this uh from from draft and like you said you know the 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 schooling the the research all that stuff that's over now at least for a little while so uh pater almost here and we get to see what the colts do and, and try to make their roster significantly better in 2019 so i'm excited man uh, appreciate you coming on. Like as a, again, excellent work. Uh, and we're we're going to come down the home stretch here. We will be having recaps for each night of the draft here on the Colts Cast. Uh, we'll continue to do that. Maybe we can get Zach on if he's uh, not too busy after uh, one of these nights, and we'll talk about the Colts pick uh, picks or picks, and uh, try to break everything down and see what we've got coming into the roster. I think it's going to be an exciting draft
2: yeah no for sure man and and one thing to uh send to you to Colts fans here just as we uh send off here and get ready for the draft uh don't overreact to whatever pick uh Ballard makes uh you know I'll I'll promise to at least try not to overreact uh, because you know (laughs) it's South Carolina State I mean (laughs) South Carolina State linebacker is uh all pro rookie of the year I mean it doesn't get better than that and you know at the end of the day I, I could watch 200 300 players and and I could still miss the guy that ballard takes in in round two so uh just just you know watch and and get excited with whoever he picks and I'll give you guys that film room uh, the next day and and hopefully the player at least in my opinion is good so you guys can feel the same way but you know at the end of the day whatever ballard takes here uh, you know even if it's a tackle in the first round or a guard in the first round uh I, you gotta feel confident that he has a plan because you know he's he's got us this far you know so uh, just don't overreact and have fun on draft night yeah I'm pretty excited
1: to kind of see what happens and like you said it's hard to not overreact uh, good or bad but you know at this point I think that Ballard's earned some trust in in his uh, evaluation skills and I think that this team of scouts that he's got working with him right now uh, I think they're all on the same page and it's interesting kind of seeing how they get their uh, get their stuff done so uh, it's going to be a great time folks can't thank you guys enough for for sticking around uh, lots of good stuff there for you on um, Zach Hicks 200 board, talking about some of the stuff in the draft guide as well. Make sure you guys are going out and getting that. Get, hook us up with a rating and review on iTunes. Um, make sure you guys are going and uh, getting that $5 draft guide for the Colts, you know, uh, for Anthony Arena. Donations uh, for the family are also possible if you guys want to dip a little bit further in your pocket uh, to do that. Anything is, is massively appreciated. So, uh, once again, thank you guys all for coming. Thanks to Zach Hicks for dropping. And by it and it spitting out. some knowledge, folks will talk out. to you guys next time. Let's air right
0: it, it out. Yeah. Stampede Blue.